You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. It is July 11th, 2018. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. With me, as always, is Mr. Raj Giri. Later today, we're going to talk about SmackDown. But first, special guest today, Mr. Teddy Long and Rich Borger. Uh, yeah, guys, great to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Uh, thank you very much. Great to have you. And, uh, well, I guess I say it's great for me to be able to be on your podcast. What an honor it is. Thank you very much. And, and uh, yeah, so Richard Borger, he runs a face-to-face wrestling school in Atlanta. Uh, Teddy Long helps out at the school, and they are also involved in a new pro, wrest- uh, pro wrestling show. Uh, Glenn, why don't you give a little information about that? Yeah, so Reality TV, it's a series pilot that's going to feature current independent wrestlers and new trainees. Uh, there's going to be matches. They're going to be filming this uh, for this pilot. Guys, uh, love to hear more details about this and, and this project you're working on. Well, you know, the, the idea came about when uh, we were looking at, at doing a wrestling house for our students. And we thought, well, what better way to enhance it and enhance our, our trainees than to, uh, than to shoot a pilot and uh, make it a reality TV show. It's something that nobody's ever done before. Uh, gives those new trainees and, and independent wrestlers an outlet that they've never had before. It's never been done in history. So Teddy Long is going to be the host of the show. Um, it'll be competition-based. We'll film them uh, reality, everything in their daily lives, as well as training and their matches. And we're going to work with other independent shows to film them at uh, other locations as well. And I wanted to touch on that, too. I uh, wanted to say something about indie wrestling. You know, I think, in my opinion, that indie wrestling has certainly come a long way. It's certainly, uh, you know, really big right now. And uh, and I really do believe that the indie wrestlers doesn't get that, you know, to do that, what they do. So we were just coming around, you know, throwing out ideas. And so we thought about doing this. And I think doing this with indie wrestlers, something like Richard said, has never been done before. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So fans in the chat, feel free to ask questions about the show and uh, also about Teddy's career. And, uh, you know, I had some questions as well. Uh, First of all, Teddy, you know, you're probably most well known for your WWE run, but, you know, you obviously had a very successful time in WCW as a manager. Uh, When WWE brought you in as a referee, were you surprised that they brought you in as a ref and not as as a manager? Well, no, I wasn't because uh, I had already talked you. Well, Jim Ross was the one that hired me back in uh, 1998 when I came in. Well, Jim Ross and I worked closely together in WCW. In fact, he was a uh, part of the decision making on me becoming a manager when I first started managing in uh, WN. Well, yeah, I'd say WCW because the NWA, I think, was gone then. WCW had bought it. 
no, I wasn't really surprised because in this business you have to pay dues. And uh, I felt like that uh, Vince McMahon, he didn't know me, you know, at all. You know, I think some people had told him about what I could do. But, you know, in this business, you know, back in the day, a lot of guys now don't pay any dues. They just get it, get it handed to them. But when I went in as to be a referee, it didn't bother me. You know, I just felt like I was paying my dues. And I felt like one day, you know, Vince would find out what I could do. And then he would, you know, go from there. And that's the way it really went down. And it was clear Vince had a lot of confidence in you, and, and it seems like you guys had a very good relationship. Uh, did that take a while to forge, or was that something that kind of came about right off the bat? Well, I guess it kind of came off uh, right off the bat. I uh, I remember when the first night that I walked out uh, to manage, I walked out uh, with D'Lo Brown, and uh, I cut this promo out there, you know, on stage, uh, you know, against Tommy Dreamer, and we went into a thing that we was calling the White Boy Challenge. And uh, so when I, I cut this promo on uh, Tommy Dreamer, I come back through the gorilla position and Vince McMahon was standing up and he was saying to me, I couldn't believe I've had you right here under my nose all this time. <laughs> and uh, he just started clapping and he was telling me good stuff, good stuff. And so, you know, finally, that's how the management got started. And after I started managing guys for a while, uh, then I guess he saw, you know, bigger and better things for me. He wanted to make me general manager of SmackDown. So... I didn't, they talked to me about that, but I never knew what was going to happen. I didn't know I was going to be the general manager of SmackDown until about 10 minutes before the show went on because they didn't, wow. you know, wanted to get leaked or didn't want anybody to know it. So I found out about 10 minutes and that was a lot of pressure on me because I'm like, hey, 10 minutes, I'm going live and now I'm in charge. So it's a big responsibility, but, you know, I can't let the man down. He's giving me this opportunity. So uh, I pulled it off. Yeah. And uh, you also have had a, a long relationship with The Undertaker. Um, you managed him in WCW. He just wrestled uh, this past Saturday night in Madison Square Garden. Uh, th does it surprise you, the longevity that, uh, he that he's had? Well, uh, yeah. well, no, it doesn't surprise me because, you know, he's a loyal person. You know, he's a, you know he, he, he loves Vince. Vince loves him. He's been loyal to Vince ever since the day that he went there. And if you ever had the chance to meet The Undertaker or be with him, you would understand because he's one of the nicest guys that you could ever meet. He's one of the guys that will take his time. He'll come to TV and he'll take his time and he'll walk down to the ring and he'll get with a lot of the young talent and help them with their match. I mean, they don't ask him and they don't have to because he'll come out and do that on his own. And he was always a person that you could go to in the locker room and that you, if you had a problem that you could talk to and he would, you know, straighten it out for you. So Taker is one of the nicest guys in the world. When I was managing him in WCW, I had a great time with him then. And uh, the day that he left to come to Vince, that was the same day me and him was in Jim Hurd's office on the same day. So I was just, uh, what what happened there, I think Ole Anderson was the booker. And Ole Anderson told him that uh, he was tall, he had red hair, and he'd never draw a dime. So Ole <laughs> offered him lowball money, and so Taker didn't take it. And the next thing I know, he went to Vince, and uh, he was the undertaker. So congratulations to him and he's a great guy and like you can see him now you know man he's still out there hustling and bustling and i know he's beat up and he's hurt but you know he's just loyal and he's gonna go until the wheel stop turning uh now sir uh mr long you mentioned paying your dues uh for you you know i've read a bit about your story and obviously you were inducted into the wwe hall of fame last year where did it all begin how did you fall in love with this business of professional wrestling 
Well, I started uh, the way I got into professional wrestling. I used to go down to the TBS studios where they used to take the uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling. I used to take my son down on Saturday morning, and we would just go down to watch the live TV taping. And uh, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. So I ran into uh, Abdullah Butcher, and he had just came to town, and he needed somebody to show him around. And uh, he would come and get me on Saturday mornings, and uh, I would ride with him, show him how to get to the TV station, and then I would take him other places after TV tapings. So by me hanging around in the back, the guys had a chance to see me, and, uh, you know, I guess they kind of got comfortable with me. Uh, I just started keeping myself busy. I started emptying garbage cans when the trash was full. I would take the trash out. Um, I, the guy started going to the ring after the, when the taping started. I just took it upon myself to go to the ring and get the jackets and stuff and keep up with their, with their clothing. And uh, they kind of liked me from doing that. And I just started running errands. I would go get food for, you know, for different guys and stuff. And that's how I kind of got in. And uh, the first job that came open, they needed somebody to put up the ring and take the ring down. And uh, by me, had been hanging around, and they kind of knew me, and they trusted me. And back then, this business was kind of like in-house. You know, they basically wanted to hire people that was already involved and not bringing in new people because, you know, KFA really meant something back in the day. So um, they asked me about doing that job. So I got that job, putting the ring up, taking the ring down. I uh, went to Cobb County Civic Center one night right here in Marietta, Georgia. Uh, got the ring put up about 30 minutes before showtime. The promoter came to me and said, there's no referee. We don't have a referee. She said, you're going to have to referee. And I told her I never referee. She said, don't worry about it. So the guys will take care of you. And she went out and got me a, re a referee shirt. And I put that shirt on. And uh, the first match I had was Black Barton, Ron Bass, and a Texas death match. And they're just bleeding all over the place. And I'm scared to death because i never been in there with all that blood and all that. So it was just... It, that, that was really horrifying, but they started talking to me and I finally got settled down and I made it through that match. And then I think I had a nothing with Pat Tanaka and uh, uh, God rest his soul, Buddy Landell. So uh, those were the two matches and that's how I started refereeing. And after then, after that night, Dusty Rose, God rest his soul too, he gave me my first job. He hired me as referee and uh, I, I really learned a lot from him. I got along with him very well. Uh, I got kind of a, an obscure question for you, but you know, you've, you've refereed, you've managed, you also did a little rapping. I remember wrestle war 90, you did the, the rap for the, the promo for that pay-per-view. Uh, do, do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember it. I don't remember what the rap was. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, wait a minute, hold a minute, put a little WrestleMania in it or something. I, I maybe that might've been the one, I don't know, but, um, you know, I just just make up stuff, man, and just, you know, sometimes it just comes right off the top of my head. And by Vince trusting me, he was able to let me kind of do that, say things that I guess brought up, you know, brought on my own because he knew I wasn't going to say nothing stupid or nothing that would get the company in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got a question here in the in the chat from uh, Roed Williams is asking, what are the qualifications for trainees for the new show? Uh, so qualification for the trainees right now, we've got, we had a great response. Um, of course, it, the, the news came out a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, uh, you guys broke the news. Um, so qualifications 18 years or older, there is no gender bias. So male and female, it is going to be co-ed, um, age restrictions. There's no age restrictions besides the fact you have to be at least 18. And we're just going to go through a selection process, look at backgrounds, um, look at you know people that have independent and non-independent backgrounds our, our whole goal in this is to try to put you know um 
we're buying a very big house for the project, uh, brand new. And so in doing this, we want to we want to kind of group people up. We want to put one person that's currently working in the independence with somebody that's not ever been trained before and put them as a team in the competition. And uh, I think that will allow growth from the new person's perspective on a level that you've never seen before. Bless you, Glenn. And, uh, and we want to make sure that, you know, the guys that are already working, that when we do film them at the show and if they, you know, if it gets picked up and they're on TV, they've got immediate exposure. And then those guys coming up below them, they'll have exposure once they're ring ready. Okay. Um, Teddy, you're probably the most well-known SmackDown general manager. Um, do you have a favorite angle uh, during your time as GM? Uh, yeah, the one that I really liked the best was the uh, angle with uh, me and The Undertaker where he uh, kidnapped me. I thought that was uh, very good. Vince uh, was livid about He loved it, too. Uh, and also the other storyline with the stuff with me and Vicky Guerrero that uh, I thought was very good because she was really a sweetheart. And uh, I helped her out a lot. And a lot of the stuff that she did to me, you know, I was very instrumental in that by telling her, hey, do this, do that, you know. But we had a great relationship. So, man, I've just been involved in so much stuff, you know, the white boy challenge and all that stuff. I remember back with Jerry Lawler, I went to his hometown at that time. And, you know, Elvis was the king of Memphis and Jerry Lawler said he was the king. And I told him he was just another cracker with a crown. So, uh, <laughs> and that's on YouTube, you can find that. So, uh, <laughs> I, I've been involved in a lot of stuff, and every one of them I enjoyed. I had a great time doing it, man, because I think that's why I was real successful with it, because I enjoyed doing whatever I was asked to do. Yeah, and and during the time you were doing the stuff with Vicky Grow, you had the, the wedding angle with Crystal Marshall, uh, but she had, she had left uh, right after you guys uh, shot, the, shot the wedding. Uh, what was supposed to happen with that? Well, I think that uh, I was uh, – her and Vicky Guerrero were going to turn on me and they were going to become the general managers of SmackDown. They was going to do something because they finally worked out where they didn't do it. If you can remember, you know, they found me in my office where Dolph, and, and later on you found out that Dolph Ziggler was the one where they jumped me in my office and then they took me away and then Vicky took, took over for a while before I came back. But that's how it was really supposed to go down. Uh, Mr. Long, you know, I'm listening to you talk and hearing these stories, and the first, my first thought was, oh, Teddy must have written a book about this. I go to Amazon and I search, and I'm like, there's no Teddy Long book. Do you well, plan to write an autobiography? Yeah, I do. I plan on it. Uh, I've got a good friend of mine that the guy that built my website, Jamie Cutter, he's going to be uh, working on that with me. The only reason I haven't, because I said to myself, I'm not going to do anything until I'm completely done. Uh, when I hang wrestling completely up and not get out and do indies or comic cons or anything involved with wrestling, then I'm going to take that time and uh, put the book together. I got enough stuff. I can write two books. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, how was it being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame last year? Well, I thought that was really great for me. You know, I look at the Hall of Fame like this. You know, there are a lot of people that pay a lot of dues and they work real hard. You know what I mean? And uh, sometimes they don't get rewarded for all of the hard work that they do. So being in the Hall of Fame and getting in, in, in something like that means that somebody appreciated all the hard work that you've done in this business for the long, for the many, many years that you've been in it. So the Hall of Fame was certainly a big surprise when they called me and let me, you know, knew that I was going to be inducted. And it was just the greatest feeling of my life, you know, I, you know, to be successful like that, because I can't go no higher than that. I'm not a wrestler, so I ain't got to worry about trying to be the world champion. So Hall of Fame is, 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 the, is the deal for me, player. 
And did you decide on who was going to induct you with uh, with JBL and Ron Simmons, or uh, did WWE just give you some names, or, or how did that process go? Well, WWE made that decision. I didn't have anything to do with it, but uh, I, I think when uh, they made that decision, you know, a lot of people knew the stories about me, John, and Ron when I was riding with them back when they were the APA. So. They felt like, you know, with John and Ron inducted me, that would be that would be really fun. So they, they are entertaining too. Yeah. I gotta say, JBL gets a lot of crap from people and he certainly has his public persona, but um I thought his speech when he was inducting you to me was seeing just a completely different side of the man. And I thought it was so eloquent um and so heartfelt what both of them had to say about you. Well, everything that they said about me, you know, was sincere and it was the truth. And, you know, you can't mess up the truth. That is just that simple. So, you know what I mean? I really, I mean, I'm glad they made the decision of getting those two guys to induct me. Couldn't have been two better guys. Uh, we could have had Butch Reed in there, but we didn't know how to get in touch with him or nothing. But, uh, you know, like I said, those guys did the job and I'm, I'm just happy. Uh, have you kept in touch with Butch Reed at all? Uh, yeah, we talked to him every, well, I don't. Ron talks to him a little bit. I had a chance to see him in Philadelphia. We was there doing 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 a convention, and uh, I talked with him a little while. And we and Ron, we we had a great conversation with him. He thought we was gonna try to put it back together so we could come out and start, you know, doing a lot of appearances. You know, Doom has never been out there, the original team. And uh, we thought Butch was gonna be in there with us for that. So then he didn't show up for some appearances that we had. So. I just don't know what to tell you, but, uh, you know, we God bless him. We love Butch, and we just hope he gets himself together, and hopefully, you know, sooner or later, he may come around, and we can get out there and try to make some money. Yeah. Um, Rick Son is asking about the, the show. Does it matter uh, what location or what country you're from, or is it open to anyone anywhere? No, it's completely open to anyone anywhere. We actually have a, a young guy coming in from the U.K., who's going to be on the show as well. So um, location does not matter. We're, we're taking, you know, the more diverse the show is, the more entertaining it's going to be. Um, we want everybody to have a shot at this. It is completely inclusive. We're not going to hold any barriers against anybody. Um, we've had uh, people going through uh, the gender transformations contact us about whether they're eligible for the show. And that absolutely has nothing to do with with what we're doing. Everybody has a dream to be a professional wrestler. Everybody that does have the dream, we're going to give them the opportunity if, if, uh, if they fit the mold and, and what we're looking for for the show. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so Teddy have to ask, I mean, being so synonymous, your name with tag teams, how did that, uh, or tag matches rather, how did that come about in, uh, your role as general manager, and how does it feel now? It feels like every time there's a tag team, I'll see someone on Twitter mention, oh, Teddy Long must be in the back, uh, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, or whatever. Every time a tag match impromptu is made, how did that angle uh, and gimmick come about for you? Well, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I was always free to do kind of my own thing. So I found out, you know, the reason I think I was real successful with uh, Vince McMahon is because I found out, you know, what he likes and what he doesn't like. So I always knew that when you make like tag team matches or when you introduce The Undertaker, I always knew that Vince wanted to put some emphasis on it. You know, like I would come out, The Undertaker. So when I started announcing tag team matches, nobody told me to do that. This wasn't, wasn't what Vince said, go out and do this. I just started going out and I put emphasis on it. You know, we're going to have ourselves a tag team match, you know, because I know that's what he really wanted. He wanted to express that. So. 
I just started doing it on my own and uh, people liked it. That's great. Um, and, and Teddy, I'm not sure how much you follow uh, today's product, but uh, there's a lot of talk right now about Brock Lesnar and his run as the universal champion. He's been champion uh, almost a year and a half um, uh, since last year's WrestleMania uh, where you were inducted. Um, have you ever seen a, a relationship like the one Brock has where he was just at the UFC last weekend? It looks like he's going to go and fight there again and, you know, just kind of not doing anything with the title and Vince kind of going with it. And that's the storyline that he went for it. Does that surprise you at all? Well, no, it, it really doesn't surprise me because sometimes, you know, you take a lot of guys, you know, and when before they sign, they make a lot of demands. You know what I mean? Is what they want and what they don't want. So I think the Brock just understands, you know, maybe how valuable he is to the company. So he makes these demands and I guess he just shows up whenever I guess he supposed to or whenever they call him. I don't know. But uh, you know what I mean? I I don't know anybody else. <laughs> you know, I never seen anybody else do that, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, God bless him. If, if, if he's got it like that, then go ahead. Did, did you get to work with Brock much uh, during yeah, his time on SmackDown? Yeah. Oh, he was a nice guy. Great guy. Yeah, I had the opportunity to work. I worked with him, you know, before he even got really famous back when he first started, you know, coming in and first started wrestling. So, yeah, Brock, very nice guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, someone's asking here. Who are the favorite wrestlers that you've managed? Uh, well, back in the day, uh, I had Mark Merrow right, right now, who's a big motivational speaker. I know a lot of people follow him on Twitter, but uh, he was uh, under the character of Johnny B. Bad. Uh, I had uh, another tag team of Ice Train and Scott Norton. They were known as Fire and Ice. Uh, the Skyscrapers, uh, Sid Vicious, Danny Spivey, and of course, Doom Butchery, Ron Simmons. Um, Golly, uh, jumping Joey Maggs. Uh, he's uh, he's he's passed on now. I had him. Uh, Jim Powers. Uh, golly, man, I I I think that's about it. And kind of on the flip side of that, someone's asking if you have a least favorite wrestler or someone <laughs> that was hard to work with uh, that you managed. Hmm. Uh. I don't know. Butch sometimes was hard to work with. Uh, you know, he was, he, Butch, he, he a great guy, but sometimes he was stubborn. He was hard-headed, and so he was kind of hard to work with sometimes. But other than that, all the guys that I basically managed, I, I got along with all of them. I mean, I really didn't have no problem. Yeah. Uh, getting a question here on if there's a deadline to apply for the show and where they can apply. Yeah, so projectindiehouse.com is the website that we've set up for the show. The deadline for applying for the show will be the end of July. Right now, we haven't extended it beyond that. We're looking at making the selection process sometime in mid-August and then looking at uh, getting people relocated sometime at the end of August, early September. So right now, the tentative end for the application process and it's on projectindiehouse.com on the main page is going to be the end of July. Uh, Teddy, another question here in the chat. Uh, are, are there any superstars, wrestlers today uh, that you see having a, a ton of potential that you see as the next big star? Well, yeah, there are a lot of guys uh, that I see uh, that are, I really believe have a lot of potential. In fact, they're right here in our training center at Face to Face. Our Face to Face World Heavyweight Champion, Prince Apollo, certainly an outstanding competitor, great wrestler, uh, and I can see him going places. And we also have another guy, Joey Lynch. Uh, we uh, had the opportunity to send him down to WWE and they liked him and they used him on uh, 205. 
So uh, we got uh, uh, another kid here, uh, Haru, uh, has a lovely ballet. Uh, what's his? What's his? Uh, Mayak. Mayak, yeah. I'm trying. I'm having trouble imagine, uh, saying that name. You know, I'm a black man. I don't know about all that Mayak and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we got Haru, Mayak, you know, they look great, great together. So we got a lot of students here that have a lot of great potential. And also, let me mention this. Uh, I may mean, some of the people have seen him. Uh, we have Joe Fraser's son. We have him here in our training center. So uh, he's coming along good, and uh, you might be seeing him in WWE. Or you'll be seeing him somewhere. Not if he ain't in WWE, he'll be right here with face to face until he gets the WWE. So we got a lot of students here. We got a great trainer, Jason Kincaid. I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. Outstanding trainer, and also we. Uh, taking care of our kids. You know, school is out, kids are out, a lot of them don't have nothing to do, and they tend to get in trouble and do negative things. So we open up a kid's camp here so kids can get in and not only, you know, take them off the street, but they're going to learn a skill. They're going to learn how to wrestle. We, you know, we don't know whether they want to do that the rest for their lifetime, but it's something that they will know and they can carry it with them. So I think all of our students right here in face-to-face -face certainly got a lot of potential to make it to the big time. Yeah, to, to touch on that really quick, you know, our head trainer, Jason Kincaid, uh, he signed with Evolve and uh, has clearly had multiple tryouts with WWE as well. Uh, one recently, I think three months ago. And then and then on Zeus, uh, who is Joe Frazier's son. For those of you that don't haven't seen this guy, he's seven foot tall, 315 pounds. He's also a professional boxer like his dad was. Uh, but, yeah, amazing talent, great skills, great footwork. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to sending him up soon and, and you know, letting WWE take a look at him. But it's uh, – we, we've got an amazing product going on down here, and, and we just can't wait to get some of these guys, uh, you know, in the door up there to, to take a look at them again. Great. Well, uh, well, thanks a lot for joining us, guys. Um, can you let people know where they can find out more about a the show and b the school and and how they can follow you on Twitter? Uh, I'll go first on that day. I'm on Twitter. I'm at, at Teddy Player Long. Uh, my Facebook is teddylong.com, and uh, those are the two where you can uh, track me. You can see where I'm going. Uh, let me let everybody know, too, that uh, this coming Friday night, we've got a big show right here in Morrow, George, at the Face-to-Face -face Arena. Our World Heavyweight Champion will be in action. A lot of great talent. So if you can make it down here tomorrow, George, on Friday night, we've got a great show for you. And um, I'll just give it a read. Yeah, so uh, the school face to face wrestling.com that's with a two so face the number two face wrestling.com is our website for the school any information you need to know about the school you can find there project indiehouse.com is where you can apply for the show uh just another quick note we have a show coming up where justin gabriel who was heath slater's tag team partner in wwe will be coming in and performing on august 10th so that's going to be great to have him back and uh you know have one half of the the other half of the tag team champions from that era, you know, in the building. But uh, yeah, that's how you get a hold of us and all of our social media information is on our website. All right, great. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, guys. And everybody check that out. Project Indie House, if you wanted to get into the business, even if you have no experience or if you do, you can be a part of that show. So check it out. Uh, Richard, Teddy, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. All right, thanks so care. much. And Teddy, when you announce that book, I'm pre-ordering it. I got you, Blair. <laughs> <laughs> have a good one guys take care guys oh man love teddy long hey he's he's uh man do you, you think about all the stuff he's been around for you know it's it's wild um
and and the different roles he's played and and someone that's never been a wrestler and to have done so much in the business it's 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 pretty uh pretty amazing you don't you don't see that as much anymore where uh someone that's not a wrestler gets these roles or you know gets to be involved in the business so much so you know yeah yeah no absolutely man and to make it to the hall of fame uh is that spectacular um so that's really cool man i'm glad we were able to have them on the podcast smackdown last night raj i feel smackdown. like i don't even know what you were doing monday night but my hunch is you were like oh crap i don't want to watch raw you so i started watching raw and <laughs> i actually liked the opening segment i know you guys didn't okay uh, okay okay but i thought it was the only thing that had heat on the show um i thought that was the only thing that fans really seemed to care about i wish you know, I you know, I feel like they could do a little bit more of a backstory with Lashley and Roman, but I I feel like they're doing a good job of making it seem like they don't like each other. And they're okay. and and they have taken Lashley from no one caring about him just a month ago to now, you know, fans are reacting to a segment. So I think this angle's been really good for him. Um, so I, I like that. And then it was just the same thing we've been seeing for the last four weeks. It's like there's no storyline progression. It's just small little you know small little things matt hardy loses again um it, it just feels like it's just on repeat you know the the whole show until the main event and i thought the main event was good but um it, it, drew i think drew has all the tools he just needs to get more heel heat i felt like the fans didn't really re react much in that match as they would for a regular seth Rollins match and i think it's a lot of that's because they don't uh they don't hate Drew yet, and I think yeah. he just needs to to get there. But anyway, I, I was bored. I was bored crapless during that show, um, and it's just been it's just been like on a treadmill. Well, and the news that ties into that isn't that the lowest rated Monday Night Raw ever? Lowest rated, uh, least watched Monday Night Raw in history. Um, <laughs> It was, you know, uh, it, it was a little lower than norm, normal because of the, uh, the the Donald Trump Supreme Court announcement. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Lots of lots of uh, Supreme Court junkies that watch Monday Night Raw every week. <laughs> right, They're yeah. like, oh, who's it going to be? I got to tune in live. Well, that's the thing. There's always going to be ex – there's always something on. There's always excuses. But, you know, the cable news did huge that night. So that did take away. But look at the – competition that they've had in the past you know the 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 lowest rated episode before that was election night and okay. uh the election night episode of smackdown beat this one so um it, it's a bad rating no matter how you want it you know you can come up with the excuses and it's probably going to go up next week for sure I, I would, well you know. i mean if not i think they really need to worry about i mean yeah great thing about the lowest rating ever you can only go two directions, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I thought, you know, I just think there's nothing captivating uh, on the show right now. I mean, Lashley and Reigns is the only thing that feels like a real feud on in WWE and the whole company. And I like SmackDown. We're going to get into it. But I thought it was easy to watch. But, you know, I make the Wheel of Fortune reference where... Wheel of Fortune, you can easily watch it, but you don't really care. Nothing really sucks you in, and there's nothing, you know, there's like nothing heated. And that's how I feel like SmackDown. Everyone's having a good time, but there's no like real rivalry, real feud, nothing where you feel like I need to see these guys get in the ring. I'll go a step further, Raj. I feel more invested in Wheel of Fortune contestants sometimes than I do WWE lately. There you go. I feel like yeah. there's no character, there's no character progress, no no good storytelling. It's just it's just there. 
And yeah. SmackDown is just easier to watch because it's so much shorter than Raw. Yeah, but uh, it was higher, but it was easy to watch. Like, yeah, you know? no, SmackDown was fun last night. Not the fun. best episode ever, but I was entertained. Um, and I think the reason why we talked about this Monday, in addition to giving us some different matches, doing some things to mix it up and give us, you know, those high uh, points in the show, even little things uh, like that through line of in sync references last night, so random that Kane's doing that. But if you're watching it, at least it's kind of like, okay, they're trying. They're trying to make the best of what they have. Well, that's exactly what I mean. Like, it was funny, it's entertaining, but does it make you want to see that match? No, it's yeah. entertaining for that moment. It's kind of funny. Daniel Bryan getting the flames going up. Yeah, it's it's entertaining, but it doesn't make you excited to see a match. It doesn't build a, a grudge. Nothing on this, nothing on SmackDown in a while has made you feel like there's a real hatred or a real grudge. I mean, the closest thing has been AJ Styles and Nakamura, and I felt like that kind of dwindled away pretty quickly. I feel like the Usos kind of bring that. Like, they're able to go out there. I don't want to say fake it, but they're able to go out there with, like, they can come out at a 10 of intensity, and you believe it. Oh, yeah, you believe it, but they haven't had a good way to challenge, uh, channel that. That's true. There hasn't been a, a another tag team where you just feel like, like, you know, the great tag team feuds back in the day, like the the Horsemen and the Road Warriors, or, you know, uh, the Hardys with Edge and Christian, just just where you, you feel like you need to see that match. Usos and New Day, they had a classic series, but, um, you know, that was kind of like a friendly rivalry. Yeah. Um, so last night we actually opened with Miz TV. Uh, the Miz was out there plugging the Miz and Mrs. docuseries. I guess it was coming out, what, two weeks? Um, the USA Network introduced Team Hell No, Kane and Daniel Bryan. Uh, they were out there. They, man, everyone got interrupted. So we had the Bludgeon Brothers come out. And then we had Sanity come out, um, New Day come out. But really the first portion of this promo was that it was uh, Kane and Daniel Bryan talking about their relationship. How long do you think this reunion is? I mean, Kane's got realities of things he needs to get attended to in his run for mayor. But man, this was a pretty, Kane's getting a lot of, a lot of material here. Yeah, but this is one of those short term, you know, it can't last. Just It's like a spirit squad kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's cool, but I think uh, as soon as this is over, they're moving on to Miz and Daniel Bryan. I think you, they've been planting the seeds, and uh, that's where I think it's going. So I, I actually think it probably ends at Extreme Rules or next week. Yeah. Uh, why why don't we also do the 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 uh, Extreme Rules uh, picks with each of these segments, and then we'll do the Raw ones after. Yeah, so what do we got uh, coming up Extreme Rules? It's going to be Team Hell No versus the Bludgeon Brothers for the SmackDown Championships. Yeah. The tag Team Champions. Yeah, so I, I would say, uh, you know, I think the Bludgeon Brothers take that. Um, probably Miz provides interference or does something where it, it goes in that direction it is what I would guess. Yeah. By the way, Raj, your booking predictions completely ruined Extreme Rules for me because last night all I kept thinking at the end of every match is, oh, well, they're losing on Sunday. Well, they're losing <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes, but you can you, you kind of get that. It, it, it works probably like, what, 70, 60, 70 percent of the time. Oh works every time 60 or 70 percent of the time yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah then uh so we had that opening segment setting up a massive what was it 10 man tag for later in the evening um with new day team hell no which there's the sanity teaming up which again they do this every time where someone randomly comes in like what, what was the point of sanity coming out coming out during a bludgeon brothers uh team hell no segment right oh there because no I, I, I well i think they're trying to get sanity up to that level quickly because 
I assume right. they're probably going to be the ones that cost the match for Team Hell No, I think, on Sunday. Uh, it could be, but yeah. but at, at that moment, there was no point in them coming out. It's just, you know, when they have the random people coming out to set up the tag match later in the night, give it a little, put a little storyline effort to to give a reason why Sandy would be coming out as opposed to just randomly playing the music, uh, you know, just so you could set up a 10-man tag. Yeah, Sanity, I mean, they got their first real promo last night on the show. Um, I don't know. I mean, Corey Graves has tried to put him over. I, I, The problem with it is on this big scale, it just doesn't look as cool as it did in NXT, and there's no motivation that's coming across with these guys. Yeah, you, you just get the feeling like they, they're not high on them. I mean, yeah. they've already lost, and you know they, they debuted like, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, if, if they were high on them, they'd be undefeated and tearing through everyone. Um yeah, so I, I mean, I agree. I just get the feeling like they're uh, they're they're not they're not headed to the top. Yeah, and to put them uh, in segments with the Bludgeon Brothers, not the same gimmick, but similarly uh, underdeveloped characters, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, you know, it doesn't make either look stronger. I think the Bludgeon Brothers are just now really starting to hit their stride too. So. Kind of weird timing. Uh, we got AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura last night. Again. Um, Rusev on commentary, though. Said it before Rusev and AJ's match at Extreme Rules this Sunday. Um, AJ, uh, yeah, AJ, well, Shinsuke got DQ'd because of the interference. So AJ ended up winning by DQ. But uh, AJ was standing tall, man. So I'm thinking Rusev is not winning. Oh, for sure. on Sunday. Oh, for sure. I, I, you know, I mentioned this before. A lot of times I'll just throw the random challenger just to kind of fill a pay-per-view world title match uh, yeah. before they get to the big one. I think, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it's Samoa Joe versus AJ that's next. Um, that's what they've been hyping up for house shows and stuff. So I think Rusev is just a placeholder till they get to that. I thought Rusev was great on commentary. <laughs> it was like, uh, he's he just, he's just got natural charisma. I, I you know, I'd like to see them do more with him. I think he's a babyface turn is way overdue. Um, mm -hmm. But I thought I thought this was uh, I thought it was entertaining. You knew the match this early. It was you know either going to have a DQ finish or, or lead to a tag match, which it did. Which it did. Yeah, Jeff Hardy ran in, and then it became AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Yeah, that's right. And Rusev and Shinsuke won that. That's what led me to think. Oh man, Rusev's losing on Sunday. Um, I think Shinsuke and Jeff Hardy has, I mean, now granted Shinsuke got bit by that bomb stiffing dog, a sentence that sounds kayfabe, but oh no, it's real. Um, I feel like that feud between Shinsuke and Jeff is so underdeveloped. Um, I, the, almost at the expense of both guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. I mean, they haven't been able to do much because of Shinsuke's injury. Um, but who knows what they would have done. I mean, what, what great uh, storyline, uh, twists and turns have we been seeing over the past couple of months in anything? Yeah. You know, it's just been your standard stuff. So chances are we just be seeing them trade victories or, you know, being involved in tag matches. It's, it's, so I don't know. Yeah. And that was okay. I mean, uh, Rusev hit the Machka kick uh, on Hardy, got him for the pin. Uh, so yeah, Rusev versus AJ Styles. We both think AJ is retaining for the WWE Championship, and Jeff Hardy versus Nakamura. I mean, this has been so random and so thin. I could see them flipping the title on this one to Shinsuke. I, I could too. I think I almost think they have to. Uh, I feel yeah. like they they've 
you know, cool down Shinsuke so much that he really does need this win. No, absolutely, man. Uh, we had a lumberjack match last night, Oscar versus James Ellsworth battle of the sexes round two, man, Ellsworth for a guy. I don't know how much longer he's going to be there, but he, they're giving him higher profile stuff now than they did for the majority of his, his run last time. I mean, granted he did get a WWE title shot last time. Um, but you can clearly tell Vince likes the guy. I don't know if I don't know if it's a higher profile. He's kind of doing the same stuff doing, with Becky Lynch and But they give him so much time, so much time on the mic. I mean, think about when's the last time that they brought somebody back that's currently doing indie dates. I was like, okay, go out there and cut a promo. You know? Uh, they, yeah, they've been doing that with Ellsworth. They did that before. Um I well, mean that's his shtick. Contract. That's what he's there yeah. for. Why why would you bring him back if he's that's not true. doing that? Um Yeah. I, mean, I think I think they're going to have a very friendly relationship for a long time to come. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> we'll no, no. I'm not be. saying they're going to in his current run. What I'm saying is, if they're going to let him sort of go and then bring him back as needed, like this, like clearly, it, it just uh, think of a guy that's again currently working indie dates that the WWE has put on TV and let just go out there and you know get over. Yeah, I mean they did that with Ellsworth the first time. He was uh, yeah. he was working indies for months before they finally signed him to a contract. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I mean, I don't know. What, what are you, what do you think? I, I, I feel like it's already starting to run its course. It is. I feel like before, uh, last night he went back and watched some Andy Kaufman tapes. Yeah. Like I felt like there was a lot of that in there. He didn't go as far with it, but cause he's trying to make it instead of saying outright sexist things, you know, uh, he's said doing every woman's attracted to him and wants to kiss him which is very, very PG sort of uh, chauvinistic attitude. And in with the PG stuff, like they can't do man on women violence, right? Yeah. So they, so you're never going to have Ellsworth doing anything. So this is, has a very limited shelf life. You can't, <laughs> you know, he's not going to get heat by beating, like by beating someone. Uh, Can you imagine though? I want to know the WWE fan that's out there. That's like, Oh, I just can't wait for Ellsworth to smack Oscar and give it back to her. Like, you know, like, wow. do you think there's a fan out there that like wants to see Ellsworth go on like a women beating rampage on TV? They kind of did that for, they've done that before. I don't you remember when Jeff Jarrett was feuding with China. Oh, and uh, there, yeah. he, he wrestled Miss Jackie. He was stiff. Like he was just stomping and beating her. And like, it was uncomfortable to watch. And I, you know, I'd rather they don't do that. But when you're doing this, you know, men challenging women thing, you, it only has a limited shelf life. You can't do anything like he, he, they're, they're not going to have him clothesline or, you know, the yeah. most would be a roll up, you know, that kind of stuff. But that's that's it. So yeah. bring up uh, Cassius Ono. Give give Chris back the wife beater gimmick team up you know as a tag team the misogynists <laughs> yeah um <laughs> just i mean it's got a very limited shelf life <laughs> i mean this was fun last night look this i in my mind uh this was an equal showcase for the women the lumberjack match devolved into them beating each other up ringside i mean for what it was this is better maybe because ellsworth has been gone it felt really stale instantly at the tail end of his last run. But I thought last night this this was good enough uh, for a segment of TV. Yeah. So uh, real quick, uh, some breaking news that just came oh. out. Um, Caitlin, uh, former WWE Divas champion, stories up on Wrestling Inc. She is returning to WWE. She will be a part of the Mayan Classic. Oh, so that's her first must first match with WWE since she left the company four years ago. Well, going in the May Young, but the, you know, I think they're doing it in a different way than like what they did. Uh, I mean, Maria came back not wrestling last time, uh, 
you know, with Mike Canellis. But um, yeah, I think maybe reintroducing someone through May Young, that's kind of a cool way to do it as opposed to bringing them back on TV for that half pop. And then you don't see them do anything meaningful for a while. Yeah, she's been, you know, starting to work some indies. She's been, you know, trying to get back into wrestling shape. So, um, so yeah, it's very cool. Cool. Uh, so, of course, Asuka made Ellsworth submit last night, which leads me to believe that Ellsworth. Oh, yeah. So they have the stipulation for Extreme Rules. Ellsworth is going to be in a shark cage dangling above the ring for Carmella versus Asuka. I'm sure uh, hijinks will ensue and Carmella will, will retain. So this is where we are with wrestling right now. The go-home show, this is the final go-home show for Raw and SmackDown. And the big news coming out of the show tonight was that James Ellsworth would be stuck in a shark cage. Like that, that was the only newsworthy thing. No, no new matches, no, uh, no big steps. That was the big thing. And shark cage is something that sounds cool for a split second if you're not paying attention. Right. It doesn't involve sharks. It's the cage that protects you from sharks. Why is that somehow a cooler interesting except now you make it a shark tank then, then i'm paying attention yeah that, that would be a, a better step it'd be hard to do <laughs> i know but, but a shark cage ooh, yeah it's literally a protection device there is nothing scary about it yeah i mean i'm i don't know i'm just i, th I think it's just this time of year where wwe is just on cruise control it's just so so much tv each week that means nothing you know i was at new japan um this past saturday which you know, I have my own gripes with New Japan with, you know, with some of the, the risks that they take in the ring with Takahashi's injury, uh, which was just just nasty. But it was just solid stuff. And, this, you know, at least they build to future matches and it, it makes sense. And and uh, I don't know, it just gets uh, WWE is in a tough spot right now. And hopefully hopefully they can work out stuff with Lesnar and hopefully he's coming back. And hopefully after this Sunday it feels like something's starting to happen again. Does it feel to you with the UFC thing? I, I feel like with Lester, this is worse than what Vince McMahon's worst fear used to be. Like, you're going to take my belt and defend it on another TV program. Um, I feel like what Brock is doing to devalue the Universal Championship is worth the Medusa throwing the women's title in the trash on WCW. It's worse than Medusa doing that. If, if like, Shawn Michaels went to Nitro and did it, that would be worse uh, just because it is yeah. an A to A competitor as, an, as opposed to an A to B competitor. Um, we'll talk about this after we get yeah. through SmackDown. Uh, it's, it's just amazing to me that uh, the way that Brock can do what he wants, unlike anyone I've ever seen. And, and in a time when WWE has more control over the wrestlers than ever before, uh, the fact that he's able to to play WWE and Vince as as much as he's able to is just astounding. Absolutely. Uh, so the feud that has taken its sweet time and maybe going somewhere, maybe over Sin Cara versus Andrade Cien Almas. They got a match last night. Um, really, this was like over. three weeks ago they first announced it, right? Yeah, but Sin Cara got injured. Um, he wasn't really injured. Oh, he wasn't. No, he was working house shows. Yeah. Well, then even crazier that this has taken so long um andrade won last night they made it seem like this might be the end uh now that he's gotten these definitive victories over sankara what i'm wondering is man this isn't leading up to a match at extreme rules to in my mind if this were a match at extreme rules um that would be the only justification for this if uh ray mysterio was going to make his return there and save sankara and then lead to andrade versus ray but this has been such a non-starter. So I'm not sure if you saw my 
report last week that those Ray rumors weren't true. Oh, obviously they've been close, but I I had it confirmed. Uh, I, I spoke to a very close source that uh, that's not true. Ray has not signed at least as of la- late last week. Yeah. Um, so, um, but you know, if he comes in, obviously that's a natural feud. I thought this match was really good. Yeah. Um, I feel like they could do more with it. Uh, I, I I probably wouldn't have done a conclusive finish right off the bat. It did feel like just a one-off to get Andrade over and, and move on. I mean, I could, how many matches do we got at Extreme Rules now? We got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. Like that match would probably have been a kickoff match, but they've already announced a kickoff match. So I don't, I think this was probably it. They might do another one on SmackDown, but yeah, it definitely felt like a, a one-off, but I, I love I love Almas with with Zelina Vega. I think Zelina Vega Vega is such a superstar. I, I like that pairing. Uh, I hope they they move on to to bigger and better things. Um, there's not really a, a spot right now. Uh, you know, everyone seems to be involved in a feud. Samoa Joe's been doing nothing. So um, yeah, we'll see. And again, kind of weird, right? Because uh, Justin and I talked about this last Wednesday. We hear this that the single biggest demographic for the wwe in the u.s is the latinx market um and if this is their ability to cater to that market like they're doing a pretty poor job when it's something it seems like it's the first thing they cut from tv uh you know if need be yeah um yeah i mean they are just introducing him they are protecting him a little so far um you know, they just don't have anything for him. Again, I feel like Randy Orton being out, um, Jeff Hardy's in this thing with Nakamura. I mean, where else do you put him? Yeah. Uh, so there's just not any other people near the top right now that you, that you can pair him in with. Uh, so it, yeah. it, it is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, and again, hopefully that changes. Hopefully after Extreme Rules, you, you know, things get to shake up a little bit. Absolutely, man. Um, the main event last night, Oh, and almost uh, hit with the running, uh, hit the running knees to Sinkara to win and get the pin. Um, so they really built this up the new day in Team Hell No versus Sanity and the Bludgeon Brothers. We had that backstage segment talking about what they had to do to rally and come together. They did end up picking up the win again, further leading to the idea that they're both going to lose their matches on Sunday. Um, I thought this main event was good last night in the sense that we got to see everybody. I think if I was there live, I, th- I think this this would have been like an incredible house show live match to watch seeing this happening. Oh, I thought for TV, it's pretty good, but it didn't really further these uh, feuds. If you like watching a match just for the sake of watching a match, it was fine. Yeah. Um, But yes, when they do these multi-person tag matches, it's usually just a way to kill time and not really, you know, not really do anything. You know, a top guy is not going to get beat. Uh, who, Who took the pin? It was Daniel Bryan pinning, um which one young he, yeah eric young wow yeah um flying knee so there you go sanity's already lost twice on tv um but they're crazy raj your wins losses rules in order mean nothing to them yeah <laughs> right except it does you know like you see uh how many times have lashley or drew mcintyre you can tell who they have plans for because they yeah. do protect them wins and losses do matter with the people they want to protect and they don't for those who, who they don't. I mean, this was a fun episode of SmackDown. I was more entertained than I was during raw. I, uh, found that, let me, you know, we've talked about before 
when wrestling gets boring, how do you cope? You do other stuff. You go on Twitter. You, you know, uh, distract yourself with household chores and half pay attention. I was uh, coring and cutting a pineapple for my new food dehydrator last night. And at times, I stopped doing that to pay more attention to SmackDown because I was interested. So in my mind, that's the, the mark of a good show. It was fine, but I didn't care about anything coming out of it. You know what so I mean? You would have paid more attention to the pineapple is what you're saying. Probably. Yeah. It is a delicious um, fruit. It was fine. It was a C, a C show. It, nothing, nothing bad, uh, but nothing that's wrestling is supposed to. You know, it's about conflict, confrontation. Uh, nothing that makes you want to see two guys go at it or two girls go at it. Just it was there. Just yeah. basic, basic builds. The same builds they've been doing forever. No, no, no creativity. Um, you know, Kane doing NSYNC stuff is cute, but uh, that doesn't make me want to see their match. No heat, uh, no heat in WWE right now. Outside Reigns and Lashley is the closest thing. I did a pop for Corey Graves getting in the digital get down in sync reference on commentary where I was just like, Ooh, that one's a little obscure. I I, I didn't get it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a song off uh celebrity in sync, wrote a song about cyber sex back in the year 2000. It's called digital get down. It's terrible, but I recommend everyone listen to it. I actually still wish I didn't know that. All yeah. Right. <laughs> so the, in sync IMAX movie once in Vegas. It was a weird time. Uh, anyhow, Extreme Rules this Sunday. Extreme Rules. All right, let's let's run down the card here. I'll, I got it right here in front of me. I'll get your uh, let's get your pick first. Tables match the kickoff. New Day versus Sanity. I think Sanity has to at this point, right? They should. I mean, they are they need the win, but I could you could tell WWE does not think much of them uh, to have them lose so quickly. After their debut, I can almost see New Day winning this. Uh, Sanity <laughs> should. I wouldn't be surprised if New Day win it and they keep going. It, it would be like that time they had uh, a Ziggler beat Baron Corbin the first time out, right? Just and maybe maybe Nikki comes out Sunday. That would be cool. Nikki comes out and costs New Day. Yeah, right. I mean, she's on the roster now, right? She's doing house show matches. She's doing house but show matches. But as a face, though. Well, but who knows? That could be temporary. She did a match tagging with Becky Lynch. And with, I don't know, with the way they're pegging Sandy right now, she might be better off not being with them. That's true. Yeah. I don't uh, think things look good for Sanity right now. No, absolutely. Um, Balor versus Corbin. Who won that match on Friday? Was was it Corbin pinning Balor or Corbin pinning Rude? Yeah, I believe Corbin pinned Rude. So Finn could go over, but Constable Corbin needs the win. I think he could benefit more from it. I, I'm going to go with Finn on that. Yeah. Think that opens the show? Uh, well, I, I don't know. Nothing extreme about that match. There's nothing extreme about really anything. The closest thing is a cage match, but that's not like... It's not like these guys have such a heated feud that it needs to be settled in a cage. It's it's that Owens keeps running from Strowman, and the whole match is probably going to be Owens trying to run away and climb over the cage while you know Strowman's stopping. Oh yeah, but do something. Set the ring on fire. You know, throw down some thumbtacks. <laughs> or I stop mean, calling me... it Extreme Rules. If, if about the Extreme story, Rules right? are Iron Man matches, and, and you know, uh, an Extreme Rules match, which is basically just a you know no DQ match. It's I don't know. It's just a watered down version of the of the show. Just give yeah. it another name. Hell in a Cell is more extreme than Extreme Rules. Hell in a uh, yeah. I mean, at this point, right? Um, 
Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens that will be in a steel cage match. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming Braun. How does how do they justify Kevin winning this? Unless they did something where Braun threw Kevin through so hard at the cage that he flies out. Um, it's got to be Braun. Yeah. Um, and although Kevin, and, and at the same point, at the same point, what's the point? Braun has yeah. been destroying Kevin Owens for months. Um, Kevin's like the cartoon villain of Raw now. I mean, Kevin is the star of Raw when you look at who gets the most time backstage. He, he's hilarious. He's entertaining as hell, but he also feels less like a main eventer now than he has it in a long time. Because when's the last time he got a really big win? Yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah. He, he just hasn't felt like a big deal since uh, since the stuff he was doing with Shane. Yeah. No, and I think Kevin's great. Huge, huge fan of his. But yeah, they got to give him some some street cred back. Yeah. At this point, uh, Hardy versus Nakamura, we talked about earlier. We both think uh, it'd be good to put it on Shinsuke. Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley, that is likely going to be the main event closing the show. show. I mean, this has got to be Roman, right? And I'm assuming they're going to get Brock back ASAP to uh, make that switch. Well, let me ask you this. What match are you more interested in? Lashley versus Lesnar or Reigns versus Lesnar? <sighs> Lashley versus Lesnar at this point. Yeah, I kind of am too. I mean, it's I just it's nothing against Reigns. I, I feel like they've just booked him like crap to where, um, you know, like I, I just don't really care about that match. Whereas Lashley versus Lesnar, I think you could do a lot of cool stuff with it. Lashley's getting some some steam now with this feud with Roman. I'd go with Lashley winning. I'm sure the plan is for Reigns to win, but I think Lashley is the more interesting matchup. And I think Lashley on top, you get that badass, you know, uh, badass former MMA fighter, legit dude on top, and you could have people chasing him, and you have the title, you know, on the show uh, being defended. You could do regular storylines, um, and you kind of get this a similar aura to Brock if you book him right. So, yeah, I don't think he should be on every week, but you get a similar aura. So I, I'd, I'd almost go with Lashley. Yeah, we need an in-between at this point. I think uh, between every week, Brock Lesnar being nowhere to be found. Yeah. Um, no, I'd like it to be Bobby, but I have a feeling it's going to be Roman. And look, man, you, we talked about this before. Just by the sheer fact that it'll mean this is over, that I'm not going to cheer Roman just for that reason. But man, that's it's giving me, it's endearing him as much as possible to me just so this could be done. Yeah, I think the fans would get... Uh... Fans would be more into Lashley if he faced Lesnar and, and cheer him. Uh, with Roman, it could be it could very well be another WrestleMania reaction because at WrestleMania they thought Lesnar. A lot of people thought Lesnar was leaving, and they still booed Roman. Yeah, um, Dolph Ziggler with Drew McIntyre by his side versus Seth Rollins in a thirty-minute Iron Man match for the Intercontinental Championship. I think Drew does something to screw. Seth and, and in the last fall. Um, I mean, they could always do it where they're tied and Dolph's about to beat him. And, you know, Drew costs Seth the last fall. So they're tied two falls to two falls. I know there's precedence where they restarted the match, but they could always do it where, where it's a tie and, and it leads to a full time Drew versus Seth feud. Um, but I don't see Seth winning it back. Yeah, I'd be in favor of that. Um, Even though Seth did lose on, he did lose on Raw. That's true. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, we talked about retaining over Team Hell No. Carmella, you think Carmella is going to retain over Asuka? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, AJ Styles and Rusev, we talked about AJ Styles retaining. Then we have Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt versus the B team for the Raw Tag Team Champions Championship. Um, the prediction we all made on Monday is that the B team gets it, but it's short-lived because authors of pain then, you know, come in, beat them down and maybe Monday night, take it off the B team. I don't think they'd do it that soon. Um, I, I mean, I could see authors of pain next cause who else do they got? Yeah. But I, I, if they do authors of pain, I'd almost think that they'd go after Bray and Matt Hardy since they're the baby faces. Um, so I think I think Bray and Matt win this and and go on to Authors of Pain. Hmm. I, I think the B team have been winning every week, so I think this is, uh, you know, they they get it here, and hopefully we, Authors of Pain win it because this this raw tag title has never meant so little. Have we have we didn't see Bray on TV this week or since the car accident? Do we know he, that Bray can? He was on TV, right? He showed up at the end of that that segment on Raw. I honestly, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think he appeared. Yeah. Yeah. I hope his physicality is there enough to to do a good match. Um, I mean, we'll see. But uh I'm I'm as invested, not more invested, about as invested in the B team as anything else right now. Uh going team, on. It's just comedy again, yeah. no heat. It's not like I'm you know if, if fans cheer them because they're funny and entertaining, but they don't really care about them. Well, you, they you know what it was? They took away the story of it when they started imitating Bray and Matt. Like the last three weeks. And they've done it, the same thing every week. But again, uh, I think Matt said this. Like the, they, they, don't, they don't seem to get upset about being made fun of. So why are you doing that every week if it has no effect on them? Hmm, Where's the heat in this match? So yes, and Natalie's bringing out that Bray was at ringside. Okay, gotcha. It's, it's all sort of a blur this week. Yeah. When Raw goes on, like those episodes, you could tell me anything happened. I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. Ronda Rousey sitting ringside. Alexa Bliss. Yeah. And Ronda chases her after or does something. I, I feel, man, I feel, I, I feel like I'm being very negative on this episode, but screw it. Um, I feel like they just screwed up Ronda Rousey in, in a lot of ways with that. You had so many tailor-made women that were, you know, pushed well with Nia Jax and an Oscar and Charlotte heading into WrestleMania. And now they're all just kind of other women, you know, uh, and R R Ronda fusing with Alexa Bliss. It'd be like, it'd be like bringing Stone Cold in and saying you're going to feud with uh, Bobby Roode uh, with where he's at now. You know what I mean? Like it should be, she's the biggest star in the company in, on a worldwide basis. They should have a big storyline for her, not just the same storylines that they can plug any other woman into. Yeah. Um, Stone Cold versus Bobby Roode sounds like it has potential though. If they, if Bobby Roode was pushed properly, but I'm talking about where he's at now. Yeah. <laughs> or like bringing Stone Cold back to feud with Jinder Mahal. Um, it just makes no sense. You want to, you want a big money storyline and this is not a money storyline. Yeah. And they could have had money storylines with Oscar. And if they kept that streak going and it's, it's Rousey feuding with Oscar right now, it'd be really cool. There'd be a lot of intrigue. Yeah. Now this just feels for extreme rules. This, this feels, um, extreme rules has kind of sucked though the last few years, hasn't it? I mean that and TLC, I feel like are, and there isn't word that they're getting rid of TLC or it might not happen. No, no, it, it moved to December. 
Okay. So October, they have the Australia Super Show that they're That's doing. Right. That's, so I guess they're just not going to do a pay-per-view on, in October. They bump Clash of Champions. Uh, they're no longer doing that. So it's TLC will now be the December pay-per-view. That's fine. But TLC, I mean, both of these feel kind of antiquated, outdated. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like there's no point to it. Their moment has passed. Yeah. Extreme Rules makes you think of, you know, all the crazy hardcore ECW stuff. And, and that's this kind of where that. it came out of yeah. when they stopped doing the ECW one night stands, extreme rules was kind of their, their thing. And it has, I mean, it hasn't been ex- extreme in a long time. It's the PG era. So why Mountain Dew doesn't, name? Yeah, Mountain Dew doesn't even sponsor it. I mean, that's the most extreme yeah. soft drink. Yeah. So it's just disappointing all around. Should have been the first hint to drop it. Absolutely. Um, Oh man. So we talked about Brock Brock showing up at UFC. So, yeah. So let's talk a little more about Brock. So Brock put himself back into the testing pool, the USADA testing pool. So he was suspended uh, after his fight with uh, Mark Hunt. He had failed two drug tests uh, for a masking agent. And uh, so, so for banned substances. So he got a, a year suspension. He's, he had served some of that, but then officially retired from USC, uh, you know, while he was with WWE. So he still had six months plus to serve that suspension. So he had to re-enter to fight again. He would have to re-enter himself in the USADA drug testing pool and serve the rest of that suspension. So he did that last week on July 3rd. So, um, so that was last Tuesday. So he's in. Um, so well, you know, <laughs> Brock's physique has had been changing a bit. He does not look as jacked as, as he used to. Um, you go back and you look at him when you, you know, in that WrestleMania match with triple H and, and, um, and then look at him at this past year's WrestleMania. He's definitely not as big as he was, but you know, whether it's just n- not working hard on, on weights and training other stuff, but whatever the reason is he is in the drug testing pool so he can fight january 8th on or after so he will not be fighting at the december pay-per-view uh but they are making him cormier and i think at this point they have to deliver on that so unless wwe decided to give him another deal uh where he could do the one-off fight with daniel cormier and he's still part of the company that means he's pretty much gone after his next title defense and it's really interesting that Bobby Lashley, remember the last week he did that promo and he said something like, after I get to Roman, I'm going to get to Brock Lesnar or I'm going to get Brock Lesnar. This week they cut the Brock Lesnar part out and they did not mention Lesnar once on the entire show, even though um, it kind of fit into their storyline with Lesnar showing up at the UFC pay-per-view. The storyline they've been telling is that Lesnar doesn't care about the fans. He wants to leave for the UFC and wants to leave with the belt and doesn't want to defend the title. So this fit in perfect, but... They didn't do that. So um, we'll have to see. I, you know, I'm almost like it's 60% chance that we see Lesnar wrestle in WWE again. Wow. <laughs> um, so we'll see. God, it's just if the, if the end result of this is another, well, guys, we're going to have a tournament for the Universal Championship now because the title's been vacated. I mean, this, this t- I don't, I don't, I don't want to say the Universal title is cursed. But it's just think about its history waste. the last two years. It's just an absolute waste. Um, this this run, I mean, by not changing it at WrestleMania, it's just been an absolute waste. You've had Lesnar steamroll through all these guys. And um, and for him to never lose it, all you put, put up all this stock and equity in him and to not 
transfer that to someone else, whoever it may be, but some full-time wrestler, whether it's Reigns or Rollins, who would be my pick, or or Lashley, you've just wasted a year and a half of building that. So come on, if if, if Kurt Hawkins this blip breaks his losing streak and he's the one that retires Lesnar, it'll all be worth it. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you you want to build a uh, you want to make someone a bigger star from this with how much equi- equity you put in it and beating the Undertaker streak. You want it to be the launching pad, and I think Rollins it would take him to the next level. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Natalie's asking, do you think Vince knew about the UFC thing at all? I think it was pretty clear that he might be going. I mean, there there had been rumors. No, but him showing weeks. up. Him showing up. I think so. Um, huh. I don't think he knew that Lesnar would go in the cage and do the angle. Uh, but I think he knew, at least had to have known there was a good possibility because it's been reported for a few weeks that Lesnar might be going there. Um, but I'm pretty sure he was not expecting him to get in and basically challenge Dan Cormier and shove him and say, I'm coming for you, mother. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so much so I would say, do you think it was the coolest like- promo, the coolest thing I've seen Brock Lesnar do, but oh, it's yeah. in the UFC. It's, he doesn't do that in WWE. I don't think they wasted Sunday, but I could see him coming out at the end of Extreme Rules and doing something similar, or they save it for Monday Night Raw, that he comes out and then calls out whoever wins Sunday for SummerSlam, and that's the last story arc. So, you know, usually with Lesnar, they advertise his appearances ahead of time. He, Him, Rousey, um, Cena, and uh, they have not advertised him for anything yet. Um, so we'll see. I mean, that would be if he's at SummerSlam, I mean, that would be the... That would be the time to start building is next week, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, see, I think we that we hit it all, man. I think I we think got so. it. Yeah. Um, Sunday night, me, Raj, Matt Morgan, Extreme Rules. Not so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's a long show, but it's one of those. Um, I see AJ versus Rusa being really good. I see Dolph versus uh, Rollins, uh, Hardy versus Nakamura. Um, Bludgeon Brothers versus Team Hell No. I can see Strowman versus Owens being entertaining. Lashley versus Roman's being good. So it's one of those that it doesn't look like much on paper as far as getting excited, but I can see it being a good show. Hey, great balls of fire last year. But I had, but they built that pretty well. The, yeah, that main cool. event with Lesnar and Samoa Joe got really heated. That was great. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, so yeah, what, what should people look for on the site, Rush? Uh, more from my interview with Tessa Blanchard. Uh, we got stuff with, uh, Mikey Whipwreck that was up on this uh, site. Uh, you're talking about him turning on the WWE invitation to be a guest trainer at NXT, why he turned wow. on when TNA did hardcore justice, uh, some good stuff. And we've got tons of interviews and stuff coming up. So, you know, always keep checking it out. Awesome, man. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. Be live tweeting along with Extreme Rules on Sunday. Until next time, folks, uh, we'll see you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.